All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Midwest Flyways podcast. I know, I know you're expecting to hear Bienvenidos a la, but guess what? Joey? <laughs> too biz, dude. Yeah. Joey's too biz. So he's not here this week, so it's just me and Connor. He's got a baby. And we have, hey, we have a great podcast for you guys today. I think it's something a lot of people want to hear about. We have a great couple of topics we're going to talk about today. Uh, Joey, he's busy. I don't know what he's doing. He's holding the Didn't baby. Didn't ask. He might be holding a baby. Yeah. I don't know. It sounded like he was working. Not sure. But he's not here. We're going to get right into it. Connor, why don't you just bring in some music for us? And this podcast is brought to you by Sound Gear. They have changed the game when it comes to hearing technology. They have the Bluetooth Phantoms that are rechargeable. It is freaking awesome. If you guys want to snag a coupon code, we have MWF100. Gets you $100 off a purchase of InstaFits from Soundgear. Soundgear, thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Connor, let's get right into it, okay? Yeah. I want to talk today about a little thing that a lot of people have a lot of questions about, it seems like. And it's a topic that's been asked of us, I think, both privately and through the podcast, you know, people listening, whatever, a bunch of times. And that is kind of dissecting the like truth about how the ambassador programs work in outdoors. You're pretty like close to this. And obviously we've experienced a lot of this through Midwest flyways. Yeah. So I think I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but I think we should discuss a little bit of like the truth about it, kind of what goes into it. Right. There's a, and really people want to know like, what do you got to do to get paid and how much do you get paid and who's getting paid and who's not like really in reality, that's what it comes down to is money. Probably. You know? Although a lot of people do this for discounts. Yeah, that's true. You know, a lot of people do it for free gear or for discounts for gear. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like some of the stuff that in my head is sort of weird and interesting and like some of that stuff we can talk about. Yeah. But like, go ahead with where your well, head is going. So, I mean, we live in a world where, you know, social media is the new newest platform for reaching great numbers of people. And not only are you able to reach high numbers of people, but you're able to select the type of people that you reach because you can see what the audiences are. In the past, when you were buying advertising on, you know, newspapers or TV or radio, it's like, okay, like I'm going out to 500,000 people, but like, who is it? You know, sure, right. it could be anything like it could be people that don't would never buy their this product because, you know, like it, it could if you're selling camouflage clothing, you don't have a women's line and half of them are women. It's like, well, there you go. Like you just advertise to somebody that doesn't you're not going to be able. To yeah. Use yeah. So um, but with social media, like you could advertise to just 10,000 people. Somebody has 10,000 person following. Yeah. But every single one of those 10,000 people are linemen. Like, you know, for energy line. Sure, yeah. Right? Yep. And if you make boots that are just for linemen, that is a great investment. For you know? sure. Much better than, you know, advertising or putting... Better homes and garden. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of been the power of social media in this day and age. But the And the advantage to that, if the companies do it right, is that they are able to then bring people on that just want gear you know it's like oh yeah like i've been making the social media following because people like to see what i do listen to what i say whatever and i just hunt on the weekends and i would love to have free ammo 
Yeah. You know, I don't care. I'll tag you once a month. I post almost every day anyways. So if I tag you once a month in something that says I use your stuff, like, I don't care. Well, and that brings up a very interesting point because there's two sides to this story. Yeah. There's the ambassador side and then there's the company side. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it clear too. And I know I've said this on the podcast before, but I feel like a lot of people don't know pro staff. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing as an ambassador program. Mm -hmm. Can, Can be. And well, a lot of it, a lot of the time, yeah. it's like the same idea, at least a pro staff, by the way, does not stand for professional staff. Yeah. Stands for promotional staff. Yeah. So like the way in my, and you know what? I'm young. So like, I don't know how this all got started or where it started or whatever, but in my mind, right. From what I've heard, a lot of that promotional staff stuff, that was like guys who would help out at like calling contests, uh, trade shows, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, from you my know, understanding, it's been ma- mainly, yeah, the people that, like, promotional, they need to know the products. And that's what they're there for, is to know the products and, and promote them, yeah, um, but not to, you know, I, yeah, and, and to really, at the end of the day, to sell it. And, like, yeah. and and professional staff, I don't even, you know, it's not even a real thing, so I don't really know what the, what you would call it or what that would actually would, what the difference would be. But um, pro staff to me is just free labor labor for discounts, not even yeah, free gear. You know, like for sure. I don't even know if if you'd be able to, like you, you might get a free t shirt, you might get one free you know item. Yeah, but. you might get like a yeah some some swag, but you're paying like sixty percent total cost of something. Yeah, so usually it's like a forty or thirty percent discount. A lot of people do that. The other side of this right is for people who aren't getting paid to do this, like guys that just duck hunt. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you are the market that we're talking to. Yeah. Okay. So from your side, you're trying to figure out, and I've been there, like who's actually using products that they like, that they actually mean to stand behind. Yeah. And who's actually just taking a check. Well, they're required. If they are taking a check, they're actually required to say it. Um, and that's been a big thing with like, I think it's the F- TC or I don't know some federal whatever that's required that like says you have to have like paid promotion you know yeah if and um I don't um so like you know if we if we made a video that was sponsored by Soundgear you know mm-hmm. um we have to like say it yeah. here we say it because we say this is sponsored by yeah. Soundgear yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and so if we were to say like if I was to talk about how awesome my phantoms are then you know it's okay because and I'm getting paid to do so, it's fine because I've said it's freaking sponsored by, you know, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but the people that just straight up just tag somebody, you know, that you can do that for the gear, for a trade of the gear. Yeah. But if you're like, as soon as dollars are involved, yeah. like it is required, you have to say this is paid per month. For sure. Because it's like some kind of like law that's like, People have to know that they're being advertised. Yes, to. absolutely. So. Yeah. And it, that's very interesting. That's very interesting on a few different levels. And like my head initially goes to like movies, you know, like mm-hmm. Coca-Cola would pay for like having all the pop drink in a movie to be Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to be told this was brought to you by Coca-Cola. Well, it's probably in the credits or at something in the beginning that says like this film includes pay promotion or something like that. It's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure in the credits. That's interesting. I don't yeah. know. That's just like the first that. thing I thought of. Um, that said though, your, your hope as somebody who consumes waterfall content is that the person that is an ambassador, the person that is sponsored, whatever it is, 
your hope is that they believe in the product and they didn't just do it because it was a, a check or, you know, a race to who could give them the most money yeah, or provide them with the most stuff or whatever that might be. And the, uh, honestly, like, you know, people are always going to be able to be swayed by money. And so it is a big question to me if somebody starts wearing something, starts running something, using something, whatever, it's like, is it just because of money or do they actually believe in it? Yeah. And because a lot, you know, it's like who who reaches out to who? Because as the ambassador, if you reach out to the company, you kind of show your hand, you know? A little bit, yeah. And, and then as the company reaching out to the ambassador, if they're like, oh my gosh, I love your product. Like I've always loved your product, you know, but like if you've always loved it, then you've already already talked about it. And so like, why do I need yeah, to right, you to promote right. it? You know? And so it's kind of a catch 22, but for me, I kind of think like if if I was um, a fishing ambassador and I was like, man, the lose bait casters are the best freaking bait casters ever. They're amazing, blah blah blah. And then two weeks later, or a year later, or two years later, you see me running Shimano and saying only. Only Shimano. That's the way to roll, you know. Right. And I'm sponsored by Shimano. It's like, you see, you, you said it before. You know, you were different before. What were you using before? Yeah. And that to me is a little bit of it is the red flag of like somebody's taking the check. The hard part though is like, it depends on how it's delivered, right? Because like, here's the thing. Yeah, I'll be like really straight up about some of this stuff. Like for me, some stuff it's very important to me. Yeah. You know, like like some of the stuff that we're going to be sponsored by, very important to me. Some of the stuff, like dead serious, not as important to me. And and it's not because, okay, like here's an example. For me, an ammo company, Yeah, I'm more about who the people are that are at the company, the relationship I could have with them, than I am what name it is on the ammo. Yeah. Now, and I will say, and I know that you'd say this too, it still has to work. You know, ammo goes bang. There is a difference, especially when it comes to like rifle and that kind of a thing. For shotgun, you know, if it goes bang every time, yeah. If it knocks down your ducks, yeah. Like there's a lot of ammo that can do that depending yeah. on your gun, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I know what you're saying because like going back to my fishing analogy, um, like, you know, the the uh sunglasses holder, you know how they like they have like the the thing behind your your sunglasses that like holds it on your neck if you pull your sunglasses down like if you're sponsored by a company that has like sunglasses holder it's like okay like you know you, you weren't super passionate about which sunglasses yeah, holder yeah, yeah. you were going to be using right like you For need sure. something that does the job and then if you also talk about like look at these these um you know these are amazing sunglasses holders right like because of these features, they're indestructible, whatever. It's like, okay, like, I know you're not super passionate about sunglasses holders, but like, all right. I'll, it looks I'll, like a decent sunglass holder. Yeah. like If you you're know. in the market for a sunglass holder, this is a very, you yeah. know, this is a very logical choice for you. Yes. Yeah, that I, I agree with you. And I think the interesting thing is, though, it's not that those are bad products. Mm. You know, it's just how you, that's what I come back to is like how you present it. Yeah, like for us, it's it's like... Like the big ones would be like a shotgun, a duck call. Yeah. You know, like those are the ones that like everybody knows that we run milk gear for goose calls. Yeah. You know, and if, and there are other calls that we use for certain circumstances. Yeah. But if we, if we just out of nowhere started running, only running a certain company, certain kind of goose call 
and we were like, and, and that's the only thing you could see on our lander. Yeah. Just like, eh, I don't know. No, you know? it'd be, it'd be like not authentic. Yeah. You know, and the, the, I, you know what? I will say this though. There's a lot to be said that this is a business. Yeah. You know, and I think that is something that a lot of people, I don't know if, you know, waterfall is such a niche. Mm-hmm. And people's like ties and like things run so deep, you know, it's like the Ford and Chevy thing for some people, Yeah, you know, and it, it just really runs deep. The NFL, they've switched their beer sponsor, what, 50 times? Huh, yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Bud Light, you know, then it's freaking Miller Light and then it, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you don't even blink at that. Yeah. You're not like, geez, the NFL really cares about Miller Light. Guess not. You know what I mean? Like, of course right. not. Yeah, yeah. And so it's this, you know. I think about that when I think about waterfall, though. Right. Because, like you said, if somebody was shooting, you know, retay, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, next, is, and they're saying they love their retay, and then the next year they're shooting Weatherby, yeah, and you know, or you know, whatever it is, Winchester, yeah, and they're like, "Well, I love my Winchester." Hey, it doesn't mean they didn't love their retay, and you got to be a little careful about you know how you knock guys, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm going to bring up a very interesting point. A lot of people, I see a lot of shit on like Facebook, social media, whatever, hating on people that make videos like me and you do for like for for waterfalls or oh just for just in general. Okay. You know what I mean? And like you get that backlash of like, well, yeah, but you know he he got paid by this company. Mm-hmm. You know what, man? I will I will be the first one to tell you when you're hating on people that are making a living hunting waterfowl. Yeah. You're not doing waterfowl any favors. Yeah, I guess you know yeah. you know in a sense, right? Because there's a little bit to be said that like this is a business. The dream for most people who love duck hunting. I mean, imagine if you had right. to never worry about money again and all you had to do is get up tomorrow and duck hunt. Yeah. That's your dream. You know, the more people that do that, the more people that see it, the more people that hunt, the bigger this industry gets, the more money there is in it, the more realistic it is for people to actually just do that. So I think, you know, I, I was, I was tracking with you for most of it and right up and where I kind of like align, started to align with you is the, the more money that gets put into it. Uh, because for like the waterfowl industry as a whole or group or category, like if people, if companies don't pump money into something and people don't buy the products and pump money into the products, it's, it's not going to grow, survive, thrive, you know, innovate, yeah. Yeah. whatever. And some, maybe some people are like, ah, oh, who cares? You know, like I don't want it to innovate, whatever. It's like, okay, well now look at it this way. If, if an ammo company is just like, yeah, like, we should make shells for waterfall season because it's coming up, but like people aren't buying it, so who cares? Let's not. Let's focus on rifle. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden you can't find ammo, and those companies, you know, like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, they, you know, for elk, like if, if a company like that didn't exist or the foundation like that didn't exist, a lot of the elk would go away, you know. And and get pushed into further further north, that kind of thing, and and that's there's that kind of stuff like in Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl. It's because of money, you know, that gets that gets pushed into that and pumped into that. So yeah, I I totally agree with you and understand that like to a degree, ambassadors are you know necessary because it helps get it helps cash flow. 
For sure, man. And like, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be very slow to like knock a guy for taking money from a company to do what he loves. Yeah. You know, even if I, you know, some of the time, like you said, it's a little bit of a red flag. You know, you want to watch some of that. You want to be authentic, you know, but when I see guys, it's like, um, you know, if any of you out there listen to like sports podcasts, okay, Pat McAfee just got a massive contract for his, for his podcast. He's a former NFL kicker, you know, whatever. And I was listening to, um, I think it was Nick Wright, who's another sport, another sports podcaster, sports journalist. Okay. And he was saying like, a lot of people are upset because right now, let's say Pat McAfee is going to make $8 million a year, you know, mm-hmm. taking a deal that might be, some people might call a sellout. And then there's other guys like Nick Wright or someone who's making a million dollars a year, $2 million a year because their contract is outdated, you know, or whatever it is. Okay. They're like bummed. Like what the hell Pat's making this kind of money. That's insane. And Nick said to me, it's such an awesome thing to see because that means my next contract, it's gotta be a lot different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if this guy's going to make eight, guess what, dude, the bar just went up. For everybody. So when I see somebody like Bobby Guy or Flair or these guys, you know, that are taking big money from somebody, I'm like, dude, that's, you know what? Do we have that contract? No. Mm -hmm. But if we grew, you know, if we did this, that bar is now set, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and it's only going to go up from there. Mm -hmm. It can't get smaller. So now, you know, when you go back and you say, well, you know, just a random example, you know, this company paid me this much money this year, you know, that's what the bar is now. Yeah. And so it's, it's not like, I, I just always look at that and I'm like, okay, like I wouldn't shoot that gun probably. Yeah. Or I, I wouldn't use that, you know, thing probably. Yeah. But dude, if they're getting paid that much money, yeah. this is like a viable thing. I wanted to point out too. I don't think a lot of people realize how small the waterfall market is. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I talked to a lot of young kids that like want a job in waterfall. <laughs> And I'm not saying you can't get one, yeah. but just realize there were less than a million duck stamps sold last year in the United States. Oh. Wow. I didn't know that. That is a very small number, dude. Yeah. So be realistic. You know what I mean? Like understand how small the market actually is. Yeah. We have less than a million people to market to. Are you sure that's accurate? Yes, bro. Interesting. Let me look it up. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, um, I forgot what I was going to say, but the, uh, yeah, that's, that would, that, that is very interesting, especially with 330 million people that are in the country. If we sold less than a million, that is a shrinking industry for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, you know, it's, it should be fair to note that like we are coming from a place of, of having sponsorships in the past, being ambassadors to a certain degree, helping people out that we know, care about, that kind of a thing. And we've also come from a place of people hitting us up saying, hey, will you just do a review, you know, about this, about our product? We'll pay you money to do the review. We'll just send you the product to do the review because they just want exposure. And we've said no, you know, that we have had those. Um, and the way that you can make sure that you get somebody that is authentic is if you buy their merch. And I know that's like a shameless plug segue to buy our merch, but um, like if we are able to make money from straight up from you guys, then we're going to be able to give you a straight up honest opinion because we're going to be able to buy the products, use the products, and we don't have to depend on um, 
other people to to fund us, other companies to fund us, and we don't have to get like worry about conflicts of interest or that kind of a thing. We can try six guns in one season and talk about every single one of them, um, you know, and it's and that has to do a lot with being able to just survive. I mean, first off, we all have our own full time jobs, and so being able to survive on our own full time jobs and not depend on the, this financing is a big part of it. But being able to still do what we want to from the from how you guys, uh, you know, you guys sponsor us by just straight up buying our merch, um, that also helps. And so, yeah, midwestflowers.com slash shop. That's my shameless plug. <laughs> I love it. Um, I did look it up, by the way. I'm yeah. trying to find the exact number from 2021. I had read somewhere. I thought that it was 992,000. Uh, it says on here, like if you search how many federal duck stamps were sold last year. Yeah. It says around 1.5 million are sold. That's each still year. low. That's and that's what I mean. 1.5 million people. 1.5 million, low. dude. And dude, that's why when like Under Armour had that whole thing with who was it that stabbed that elk or whatever, speared an elk, shot, shocky, speared, speared an elk. Remember that? No, I thought. I thought. I know there's somebody that shot a lion. No, that wasn't. Lion. No, Under Armour got like in some hot water. I don't know if it was a shocky or somebody that oh, they speared a lion or they speared a um. Was it a lion? I, I thought it was an elk. I know that they some... speared it though, and they took a video of it wearing Under Armour. It was sponsored by Under Armour. <laughs> okay, Under Armour got in a bunch of backlash, you yeah. know, from PETA and people like that for the spear that was used doing yeah. it. And so Under Armour legitimately like was they were like, "No, nah, we're we're not done doing with this. we're done with it." Yeah, and dude, in their defense, it's a small amount of people. Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll we'll give up a million and a half oh, people for our dude, they had 220 make, yeah, they, million. Dude, I, I I don't know what percentage, but I can't imagine Under Armour's camo business is a very large percentage of their business. No, Maybe 2%, I, I 3%? Used to, I used to know the guy that was like the director of that, and it was... And it's especially, tiny. Especially after that incident. I don't know which one it was, but there was an incident, and after that he was done. It's like, because they, they just dude, didn't care. They yeah, It's tiny. It's a tiny market for them. So they're like, well, we're worried about the 98%. So thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dude, that's the reality of the of the hunting market. Yeah. It is small. It is niche. Yeah. And if they, you know? yeah. And so, so advertising to people through ambassadors talking about it, whatever, like it's got to be, it's you know, important. if you just point fingers and be like, oh, you're such a sellout or whatever, then you're just, you're just making it so that less people want to do it. Less people want to buy it. Less people want to talk about it. Let's, you know, it just happens. Exactly, less. man. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, that said, yes, um, you know, my I think my final point on this before we kind of wrap this up is if you want to be an ambassador, don't sell your soul. Yeah. Dude, like that that is that is what makes it really hard truthfully for people like us yeah. to feel like it's, you know, possible to go there, and make there a are living people, or, you know, be successful. There are people out there that would, you know, for a hundred dollars on their YouTube video, talk about these crappy waiters that came from China, oh, you know, dude, let alone a yeah. hundred dollars, buddy. We got people giving away a thousand photos a year for a 40% discount. <laughs> That's true. What? Yeah. You're giving away catalog photos for a 40% discount. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, that's true. That's what the f are you doing? And I mean, like, and this is this is also I you know because I am a part of a creatives group on Facebook that like there's a lot of people like I remember I I watched I looked at this conversation where people this guy was like 
barking at like wow like people don't want to work to get you know whatever he was he was like asking for photos willing to give credit and everybody's like no like we're good at what we do you can pay us for it you know and he he was like pretty animated about it and mad and it's like I kind of understand both sides. You know, it's just like he, he, he's willing to give credit. He's just asking for it. He's just kind of throwing it out there for anybody that wants some exposure. And they kind of ate him alive. But on the flip side, it's just like all these people that are in this particular group are very good at what they do. And um, and, yeah. so, and so if they're, you know, since they are so good at what they do, they, they should be comp- comp- blah, blah, compensated for it, right? And so I understand both sides of it. And it's just kind of like, you know, definitely know your worth and don't devalue other people for their worth, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll be really honest. I don't see both sides of it. You know, to me, it's like, it's just the only side I see is that you can do it. Yeah. If you're the company, you know, it's been done. What, when you say it, what, what's been done? Getting stuff for a discount. Oh, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, I do like trades on equipment is a very common thing in this industry they, totally they, they talked about it as the like the industry handshake is you essentially like you have your standard like wave or whatever and then the other one is like your hands palm out you know it's just like oh yeah hi there you know palm up or palm out and um and it's it's a very common thing and yeah, especially to if, me it's weird man you know like i get it i yeah. get the trade for gear that happens in every industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like favors, that's like a real life thing. Hey, I need new camo. Yeah. You know, I'm going to just give 10 photos or whatever to somebody and they're going to send me free camo. Yeah. But it's not free, dude. It's whatever you valued your photos at. Right. That's true. And at the end of the day, right, money buys you that camo. Yeah. And so to me, I get it. I get the trade. I mean, it happens in building. You know, it happens in remodeling, you know? Yeah. Well, this guy, he owns, you know, this or that. And so he's willing to, you know, print this stuff for us in exchange for like three grand off his total bill. Yeah. Sweet. It's a win-win for, you know, my boss, whatever. I get that. But yeah, I just think to me, the only reason if you're a company you're doing it is because you know you can. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense in terms of the world though. You know, like you agree to a price for a service that you're provided. Some of these guys are just weekend guys. I, very interesting part of this, you know, my dad was a commercial photographer for many yeah. years. And so, you know, listening to him talk about the progression, you know, with social media from like taking beautiful, well-lit studio production quality photos mm-hmm. for a catalog to now you're marketing to people who all their stuff and all their content comes from social media. So the quality of it, it's not, they don't notice it as much, you know, it's not as important to them. And so like, he's like, you know, I feel like I'm being phased out by an iPhone. Yeah, dude. You know, I realize how much like people don't really understand the details or know the details. I did a video this week and the color correction, I sent it to the customer and the color correction for me was not good. Like it was not, high quality and it bugged me after I sent it and they gave edits. And so we had to like go through revisions or whatever, but they didn't say anything about the color correction because they don't know. Yeah. They don't understand. They're used to seeing iPhone footage. They're used yeah. to seeing this crap footage makes the job easier for me. Yeah, sure. But it's, it's not my quality. Right. Right. And so then after we were on the last round of revisions and I was like, frick, I'm just going to freaking I'm going to figure out this color correction. So I went in and it was because like 
there was clouds and I was shooting in the shade. And so like that essentially makes it so that the clouds look like just a hint of purple. Yeah. Okay. And so I, and, and so what I finally essentially figured out to do was how to make it so that it actually looked like a natural, good f- like video. Yeah. And, and I just felt so much better <laughs> about it. But like my point there is that, that they never realized they never saw it because they're used to like low quality, you know? Yeah. And even the people that I hire and that like do stuff for me, I'll be like, okay, but like, why did that happen? Or why did this glitch happen? Or you're, you know, the, it doesn't look high quality, whatever the photos that get uploaded to Instagram, the videos, the reels, I don't know. And they're just like, Oh, like, I don't know. I just did the automatic setting and hit export. And it's like, well, no, you have to actually like, know what you're doing you know so anyway i digress no it's uh it's very interesting yeah it's real and that is what has made it so that you know companies are getting photos from a guy on the weekend with a camera yeah that is that's great man like that guy's been buying gear because and he was taking the pictures already yeah you know and so like yeah he's gonna get a little creative with it you know like this guy's not maybe he's not a good photographer man. it's because it's become so much more about quantity than quality yeah so it's just weird but all right, Connor, let's move into our next segment of the podcast, which is just the tip. Yeah, and actually, you know what? This this does segue very well into just the tip because um, my tip is about taking better photos with your iPhone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so, you know, you're taking your pile pick, you're taking your photos of your guys, whatever, and your phone has been in your hand, you know. Wait, is your tip literally telling people what I just kind of knocked on doing? Uh, No. I'm, I'm, I'm telling. Qua- hey, we're quality over quantity. All I right, know you're okay. not going to have no, no, no. A I nice love it, camera dude. in the field, so you have your iPhone. Yeah, I'm going to teach okay. you how to make the best photo. All right, with it. do it. Okay, your my number one tip. First off, um, okay, my number one tip: wipe off the camera lens. <laughs> okay, give it a good. Take your T-shirt, take a cotton T-shirt, whatever it is. Not you know something that's super like soft course whatever and wipe off that camera lens in a circular format or whatever um and the way that you'd be able to tell if it's like truly wiped off is that if it's pointed at a light like a flashlight or like a light inside your house or something like that if you can't see any streaks coming off the light then you know it's actually like adequately wiped off if you can see streaks then it still has residue on it but that's going to make your photos so much more clear they're going to be so much better and then if you want to go the extra mile, um, if you take your, for like an iPhone, if you tap on your subject, it will expose for the subject and then you can drag up or down to essentially make it lighter or darker. That's my tip. I love it. That's such an easy help. It is, dude. Oh, and by the way, if you are filming with your iPhone, yeah, turn HDR off. Okay, I have no idea why they came out with that setting and had it automatically turned on, but HDR on your iPhones when it's filming for video, turn that mofo off. It is it is a pain in the butt to edit, number one, if you ever want to edit it, ever want to send your footage into somebody, whatever. And number two, it like changes the exposure on somebody's phone when they're like watching it on Instagram or like whatever. It does not look better. Like you think it looks better, it has the illusion that it looks better just because it's brighter. It doesn't. Turn that off. Okay. Okay. That's a good tip for me, actually. Yeah. Thank you. 
<clears throat> I love it. Um, What's your okay. Tip? My just the tip is it's a very interesting one and it kind of goes for anything in life, but trust your gut. And I'm going to give you some examples of that situation. If you, if you are trying to find a potential husband or wife mm-hmm. and you are talking to that person, you've started dating that person, whatever it is, right? If you are questioning a lot about it, if you're having a lot of doubt, you know, if there's a lot of red flags in your mind, trust your gut, dude. Mm. It's not going to get better. Did you watch The Bachelor last no, week? No, I did. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's not what it is. Um, <clears throat> and, it, you know, where I thought of it is in life, yeah. in, in a career. Okay. And the way that I thought of this is we have a customer right now. Not good. Yeah. And, I will tell you straight up, like to start the very beginning of the relationship, there were some questions Uh, about the way it was going to go. But, you know, you kind of sell yourself on the idea that like it's going to get better in a lot of things. You know, if you hate your job, kind of sell yourself, you know, if you have to go to it every day, kind of sell yourself on like, well, it's going to get better. Right. You know, if you kind of have some questions about somebody you're dating, but you've never really like given something a long go. Mm hmm. You might try to sell yourself on the idea that, like, maybe you need to see this one out, you know, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Anything in general, you know, if you are looking at a used car, dude, and you're driving it and it, you want to like it, but there's just something about the way it stops. Yeah. Dude, don't sell yourself on the bad, you know? Yeah. You should sell yourself a lot on the good. You know, I've... I've like, I've been listening to some different, you know, podcasts and stuff. There's some very interesting people who are basically like positivity people, you know, like basically like live their life on positivity. And I, I heard this story recently about this guy who he was given a diagnosis of stage four cancer. Hmm. So he's going to die and there was nothing they could do for him. And so he had read about like a, I don't know if it was like a monk or somebody who believed that you could actually cure illness through positivity and happiness. Hmm. And so he stopped consuming any negative content whatsoever. So like he would not watch horror movies. He would not watch, you know, science fiction. Like the only thing he would consume was stand up comedy, um, comedy movies, funny, anything funny, things that were like really happy and good. Mm-hmm. stopped watching sad stories, you know, stopped listening to bad, you know, music on the radio, whatever, mm-hmm. just started listening only and, you know, consuming only positive things. And then he said he was selling himself like in the mirror every day, you know, that like, you're going to get better. Things are going to be good. Today is a day you need to enjoy. You need to make the most of it, you know, like basically living fully positive. Hmm. And some of it, he said, sometimes like when he started it, you know, you don't believe it. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're selling yourself something you don't believe, but if it's for the good, you need to recognize that too. Because like, there's times where you, like, maybe you want to start your own business and your gut is like, Oh, I don't know. You know, you have a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. but if your heart is telling you something, you should sell yourself on, you know, positive, motivate Mm -hmm. yourself. This guy legitimately, Connor, they cannot find cancer in his body. Wow. Gone. That's pretty insane. Dead ass, dude. And he's got like medical records and all the shit to like prove it. Huh. He's like, I literally was going to die. And here's like, you know, MRIs and scans or whatever. You can see the tumor 
And he's like, here is what I look like today. Like I legitimately have not gone through chemo. I have no, no like medicine, medicinal therapy. Wow. It's insane. It's a miracle. And so I don't know, man. I just, it made me think about that a lot, you know, like Mm. trust your gut, believe it, only sell yourself on the good. Yeah. Do not sell yourself on negativity. Wow. Anyway, um, (laughs) kind of a deep one there. It might be. Sorry. That is a tip. Something we should all think about a little bit. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's roll into another topic here. Um, I wanted to talk about what is one item that you use when duck hunting that you consider a very underrated item? And this can be something very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that you love to have. Like, no matter what, maybe it's a pair of gloves. Maybe you figured out, like, the best underwear situation. Like, whatever it is, dude, that's, like, your thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I definitely know that those exist because it's like, a man, like, you know, I forgot that, to, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You get into the blind. Um, I can go with mine if you want to think about this for I, a second. I know. I'll, I mean. No, tell me one if you got it. Well, not. it's not necessarily for duck hunting. But it would be for um, for hunting in general. Um, That's def- fine. Definitely deer hunting is a seating pad sitting in like blinds, like metal blinds and stuff. Yeah. And like deer stands or whatever. I bring that, just that pad. Oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. Dude, I'm going to piggyback off that. Here's an interesting one. Yeah. I think as I'm getting older, I've learned why those old guys that I go hunting with bring a fucking duffel bag. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I've done the whole like bring nothing but like some shells and maybe, you know, I don't know, shells and some in your gun. Yeah. You know, I've done that, dude. I've been in a lot of situations though Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I've thought to myself, damn, if I just carried a duffel bag in here, Mm. you know, whether it's toilet paper, whether it's a freaking, you know, I don't know, matches and a lighter. Yeah. You know, like whatever it is that like you sh- you could have in a bigger bag. Yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, you know, and like that's why like this past year I bought that Filson backpack. It's a big backpack. It's yeah. a waterproof backpack, and it's sort of like like a Yeti Panga bag, you know, yeah, or a Panga backpack. And dude, I love it. And you know, like I I thought in my head, you know, I don't want to carry a bag, you know, so I'll get a backpack. Dude, it's worth every penny. Yeah, I can bring so much stuff in there. And I know it's like I'm lugging that in there now. Yeah. But dude, I'm never going to be caught in a situation I don't want to be in because I've got the stuff that I think I need in that duffel bag or in that yeah. backpack. I will say, and you know, now that I've already said that they're sponsoring the podcast, good hearing protection is one of those those for oh, me. Yeah. Especially as a filmmaker, where I'm at. sometimes I'm you know to the side of the muzzle, I get a lot of like muzzle blast, whatever. Oh man, they it's pretty great to have like good hearing protection and same being able to hear somebody and well yeah and I like the sound gear because it actually like brings up like quieter sounds yeah so I actually really like it in the blind because when you're in a blind with like eight people a lot of the time you're like leaned over trying to hear what the other guy's saying mm-hmm. I don't know I've been able to like hear my hear stuff like that now just yeah. a little bit better or like Joey you know me can whisper to each other like three three people down right. You know, when there's birds working or something, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, one thing for me that is very waterfowl specific, dude, there's so many different types of like motion decoys and whatever. Yeah. I'm going to tell you from a guy in Minnesota who hunts big water, who hunts lakes. For me, man, 
a jerk rig does more for me than anything else. Really? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I just, to me, it is an easy thing to bring with. And I, I like, I just like having a jerk rig. Yeah. I really think it does a lot for you. And I think a lot of guys now with like motion decoys and whatever have sort of, you know, put the jerk rig to the wayside. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy and cheap way to make motion in your spread that works. Yeah. And it's just, it's underrated. I really think the jerk rig is underrated. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of the jerk rig. I haven't used it a ton. Uh, I use it about the same amount that I use the, uh, you know, motion decoys. But yeah, yeah. All, all my stuff is like, I think a lot of camera stuff, a lot of like, you know, like fog um, lens, whatever, you know. Anti-fog. Yeah, anti-fog, whatever, wipes, and then like an ND filter. It's pretty clutch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's... There, there's just those like little things that are like of comfort, you know. I know, man. Just it's just like, man, it just makes your day so much better. You could sit out there forever, just as long as your toes are warm. Yeah, man, that is a big thing, dude. Like being warm, having the right gear, and that's why I like having that backpack, dude. Yeah, like I can bring an extra layer. I can, you know, take a layer off, put it in the backpack. Um, another thing, like this past year, I learned kind of the hard way with Joey getting stranded on that island in Missouri. <laughs> Like I've, I'm going to build a boat kit. Yeah. You know, like before my next hunting year, like before we start hunting in the next couple months, I will build a boat kit, put it together, basically going to have anything in there. Right. You know, I'm going to have a small tool kit, probably some emergency food rations, like emergency blankets. Like I know it sounds stupid, but dude, I legitimately thought at one point me and Joey were sleeping on that island, dude. So I go elk hunting quite a bit. And for me, like... We often, we will set up a base camp and then we'll leave and we go hunting for 16 hours Yeah, and we follow the elk. And if you have like a six by six elk that people that we're chasing after, if that elk goes three canyons over, we're going three canyons over Yeah, and we are going until the sun goes down and we're not allowed to go anymore. And then maybe we're going to head back. Maybe. Right? Or you're going to camp there. Right. Exactly. The stars. And so I always, always have an emergency blanket in my bino kit. Yeah. Always. Because like, what if we're trying to go back? It's in the middle of the dark and I break my leg. That per- other person is not going to be able to follow me, you know, carry yeah. me back over the mountain. Right. And so emergency blanket, no doubt, some way to make fire. And then I bring like a huge, like a calorie like a thousand calorie yeah, bar or something, bar like protein something. Bar. right? Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's the keep me alive kit and it can yeah, be done dude. in three things. Right. Totally. So, yeah. And like, I, I have taken a while to come around to like, understand that, you know, yeah. just been in a lot of sketchy boat situations. Um, you know, a lot of situations that you just don't want to be in when you're hunting, you're in really, usually you're in remote places where a lot of people don't go. You know, it's, it is something to think about. Yeah. Being prepared. <laughs> what frustrates me is that like I'll have this like prepared stuff in my car and like, you know, like gloves and hats and whatever. And like I'll, I'll even keep it in there in the summer because like I just don't want it to not be there yeah. in the winter. Right. And then I'll come to the situation where I'll like need it. I'll be stranded in the woods, need to change a tire in the, you know, in, in the middle of the winter. And I'll just completely forget oh, yeah. that I had the gloves. And then when I actually like am all done and I go to look at it or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, that's where those were. You know? Yeah. 
No, I, <laughs> dude, I, I totally, totally get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like extra clothes in my truck. Yeah. In, in my, the bed of my truck in a, in a Rubbermaid mm-hmm. just in case, man, like, you know, bouncing around between work, this, you know, other stuff that I'm doing, you know what, man, like I've got basic stuff in there, mm-hmm. pair of jeans, pair of shorts, t-shirt, you know, whatever. If I need to change something bad happens, I've got it. Dude, how many times have I spilled on a shirt on the way to a meeting and stopped at a Target and just bought like a fucking yeah. $10 t-shirt? And there's a t-shirt in the back of my truck, you know? And then like I'll be cleaning my truck bed two months later and I'm like, damn, Frick. Yeah. what the heck, man? You know, yeah. this is a t-shirt sitting in here. Yeah. I, I showed, you know, it's stuff like that, man. But all right, Connor, let's do You're the Worst. Ah, uh, yes. Do you have a You're the Worst? I do. All right, man. Do you want to start us off? Sure. So for... Um, the, you know, this goes out to the moms, honestly. Okay. And it's because, you know. Oh boy. Uh, unfortunately, this Big is coming mom from my guy. mom. Yeah. Moms, if you ask a question that is, hey, you want to take out the trash? It's just, no. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. So if you're, if the, the worst is for the people that ask a question for something that they want, ah. you're the worst. Posing okay. it as a question. Yeah, like it is this passive aggressive aspect of, and you know what? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Maybe there's some wives out there. Maybe. I don't know if you're listening oh, to this, right. but if the husbands are, go ahead and send this wives. Okay. If you ask a question of something that you want and you're expecting them to answer to be yes, it might be, the answer might be yes, but really the answer is no. Would you want to only hunt the morning on Saturday? So that we can clean my car on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's, oh, hey, hey. Do you want to uh, show up a half an hour early to uh, set up the decoys so that I can just come and like, you know, just jump right in the boat? Sure. That sounds like a terrible proposition. <laughs> the way you sounded that out, it sounds like, yeah, you were thinking of the worst questions someone could ask. Yeah. Be more like, hey, do you want to get there two hours early, even though we only need to be there an hour early? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Hey, I don't want to. Yeah. Are you saying you want to? Because yes. it's your spot. Yeah. So do not yeah. make it my like idea. It. Do not make it my desire. Right. When you know it is not my desire. Yeah. You're the worst. Yeah. Can't take out the trash. Yes. Hey, Connor, please take out the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Connor. You, can, you can ask us a question. So, hey, will you take out the trash for me? Because I really yes. don't. Like, yeah. It's a it. yes or no. You, but, but then you recognize you want that it's being done for you. That you are Correct. the one that wants it. It's being done for you. All right. I like it. All right. Sorry, my, Mom. my you're the worst is going out to all those people that need a favor. Mm. Okay. Hey, if you ask for a favor and that person agrees to help you, mm-hmm. don't add on to that favor. <laughs> okay. This isn't like a charity that just keeps on giving to you. Yep. Right. If you say to somebody, hey, man. Can you help me move on Saturday? Okay. Don't say on Friday night, hey, you don't mind helping on Sunday and Monday either, do you? Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay. They've agreed to help you move on Saturday. Yep. Okay. Don't say, hey, you don't mind on Sunday and Monday either, though, do you? Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah. Or like, hey, Connor. Can you um, film my wedding for me? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Now, it's, you know, two weeks before the wedding. 
hey, um, I also was hoping that we could get a video before the wedding and then probably like a recap Engage, after our honeymoon. An you don't engagement mind, do you? video yeah, as well. Yeah, we could get like an engagement video too. Yeah, and oh, and could you put together the ceremony and speeches too? And dude, we hired a photographer, but you wouldn't mind just like taking a few pictures while you're taking the video, <laughs> would you? Hey, Honestly, that's the worst, that, that man. That is the worst. As a videographer, you do video or you do photo. You can have the ability to do both, but you have to like mentally put yourself in the, am I capturing motion right now? Right. Or am I capturing stills? Right. And so to just switch back and forth. Oh man, it is hard. It's hard to just like, you have to mentally be in it and, go, and doing it and whatever. So you're the worst if you Dude, ask it's, for both video it's, and photo. Yeah, or like if you ask me to help you move on Saturday and then and then also on Friday night, you're like, you don't mind if we paint on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nah, dude, like my mental engagement was that Saturday I was committed to moving your shit. Yeah. I'm not painting your shit on Sunday, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, and that's just real. That's just real life, dude. If you ask a favor, be very straight up with your absolute needs. In the very beginning, tell people what the, what the favor is that you need. 100%. For real. Don't try to tack on. It doesn't make it better, and it's going to make that person never do a favor for you again. If you said to me, can you help me move on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday and help me paint on Sunday afternoon? Yep. Now I know what I'm getting myself into if I and say, say yes, no. <laughs> dude. And I might say no. Yep. Or I might say, well, I can't help you on Sunday or Monday, but I can help you on Saturday. Right. And now you know you're going to need a favor from somebody else on Sunday and Monday. Yep. So yep. it's just be very open. Be upfront about the favor it is that you need right away because it makes people feel not good if they feel like they didn't get the full story. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out Sound Gear. It is absolutely worth the investment. Please go to MidwestFlyways.com slash shop or Connor will have an aneurysm. Joey, we love you. Hope to see you soon, buddy. Thanks, guys. One more thing.